Let's start with the sermon today. Do you remember the title for the sermon today? You are not going to forget that title. Anybody? Everybody's reading. Nobody reads the bulletin, Susan. You put hours of work and everybody, oh, yeah, I know. You guys read your Bible? The title for today is The Prayer of a Thankful Pharisee. Isn't that nice? You never knew that, 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 that Pharisees used to be thankful, huh? Well, now we are going to study and read about that. So let's open our Bibles and uh, Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. You know, I feel weird today. Uh, I don't have, my wife is usually sitting in that far and she's not there. My kids are not there. Not even the dog is there. The one that, that we usually bring because it's a guide dog in training. Uh, I feel lonely. So I hope you can make me feel like my family is here. Would you make me feel like that? Yeah, thank you, thank you. It feels just weird. All right, I'm going to read in my Bible, Luke chapter 18, verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. And I'm going to stop right there. The story behind this, the background behind all of this, Jesus is with all his disciples. And before that, the, 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 the verse number one of chapter 18, if you read it, just like I'm going to read right now, it says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That's another parable. But that's the introduction to that parable. That means that Jesus did have a purpose when he was telling the parables at that moment. You see, for that parable, which was about the persistent widow and the king that she asked us, and then the king does something about it, the purpose of that was for his disciples and to teach that they should be persistent all the time. But then after that, for this parable, the one that we are going to study today, he also have a purpose for that parable. And the purpose for that parable is for all of those who are confident about their own righteousness and look down on everybody else. Now, that's really harsh. You see, when we read this parable, you are going to realize that we are going to be talking about two different people here. And usually we read this parable and say, oh, yeah, he's talking about the Pharisees and this parable is for everybody. But more than that, it's for all of those disciples, because we will read that in verse number one, for all those disciples, meaning you and me, followers of Christ, who were among all those people listening to him, but they did have a problem. They thought they were better than everybody else, and they looked everybody else down. Not because they were tall, but because they thought everybody else were not as good as they are. So, saying that, I'm going to repeat that verse. I'm going to read it again. To some who were confident on their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Number 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The story has started, and we have two people. Just like any movie, 
they give you the introduction, then you have the, the good guy with the gun or whatever, and you have the bad guys. <laughs> well, we have here two people. We have the Pharisee, and we have the who? The tax collector. And they are way apart. For people back in those days, they were really way apart. The Pharisee. Pharisees usually think, I mean, they used to talk different about many things. Let's put it that way. Really different to what Jesus Christ was teaching back then. The name Pharisee, back in Hebrew, one of the meanings is being separated, unique, special. I am not like you. That means that if we said we are Adventists and we said we are different than everybody else, be careful because that means we can be Pharisees because that's what it means. Separate, different. The Pharisees used to have a unique mind, unique way of thinking, let's put it that way. They believe in the law of Moses. They believe also in the traditions strongly about that. And they thought this way. Okay, I know I have to keep the law of Moses. I know I have to keep that holy law that was given in the, you know, in the mountain, and I know I have to keep it. But we have traditions about those laws that I can probably keep it before I break the law. You don't want to break the law. You probably prefer to break the other traditions so that way you know that you're not going to break the law. It's like, a, it's like a safe place. What kind of traditions are those? Well, I'm going to give you an example, and you know these examples. If you want to keep the Sabbath, don't work so much and don't do so many or some of these things. Those are the outlaw, the, the out things, out there. Before you break the law, you want to keep it. That's a buffer. You want to keep it safe. That's very interesting. Because when you compare that to us, don't we do sometimes something like that? Don't we sometimes create these rules around? And when you go to different parts of the world, I mean, it's not that, that I've been in different parts of the world. I can only tell you Peru, Mexico, and the United States. Those are my three countries that I know. Everything else, internet. Oh, picture, lots of life, come. There's a guy. Then appearing, he's, oh, he's walking that way. I mean, that's it. If I want to know someplace in Russia, someplace in China, you know, I just go online, there is people moving kind of like frozen. Wow, that's life. Amazing. But even among Peru, Mexico, and here, to keep the Sabbath and to keep some other things that we know we have to keep, they are so different. They are so different. In Peru, you don't do some things on Sabbath, but in Mexico, you do some other things that usually in Peru, they don't do it. But in Peru, do some things that usually in Mexico, don't do it. But then if you move to the United States, they do some things that in Mexico and Peru don't do it, but they don't do some things that in Mexico and Peru do it. Who is right? Everybody's trying to keep it safe. We all create these rules so that way we can just walk safely Without breaking the rule, the main law, the Ten Commandments and everything else that we know. Pharisees used to think that way. Isn't that amazing? Because they used to think, I am separated, I am different, I am not like anybody else. So I'm here and I know all the traditions, I know it, here is in my mind, I carry it here in my mind, I carry it right here, I just carry it everywhere. 
and I'm going to show it so that way I don't break the rules. But then on the other side, you have someone else, the tax collector. The amazing thing about both of them is this. This one, the one who was trying to be good and all of that and trying to follow traditions, he was following, according to him, the law of God. This other person, as a tax collector, he was following the law of the Romans. Nothing else mattered more than what you are going to do for the Romans. And what you are going to do for the Romans, as a tax collector, is just going around and said, I see that you are a very healthy human being, and I see that the Lord has been blessing you a lot. You know, this is the moment for you to pay your taxes. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, last year I paid $10. No, today is your blessed day. What is it? $30. Why? Because you want to be blessed more, right? So it's time for you to give me more. No, I don't want to pay you. Yeah, let's bring this soldier right here. Take this guy here. No, but I want to go, 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 get out of here. The law of the Romans was the most important thing for a tax collector. And that's why that person was hated so much. He was the lowest of the lowest. He was someone who didn't care about the Jews. He didn't care about religion. Look at him. He is not a Jew. He is someone disgusted. No way. Two different people. Two different people. If we keep reading the Bible story, verse number 11... We get into a little bit more into what happened at that moment, according to this parable. The Pharisee stood up and prayed. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> that was a good prayer. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Let me repeat that again. <coughs> the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. That's the prayer of a thankful Pharisee. You see, when we have, when we, when we pray to give thanks to the Lord, do you pray like that? This morning, do you really pray like that? Like, thank you, Lord, at this, I mean, today, because I am not like Brother Jim. I am not like Brother Dante. I am not like them. Yeah, I am better than them. Do you pray like that? These Pharisees, according to the Bible, they went up to the same temple. And they even have different places, but they were close. One for Gentiles, one for people who are not worthy of being in the holy place. You just stay over there. And the other one, the one who deserves to be there like a Pharisee, you stay in this side of the temple. But they could both see each other. So we have the story that says that they both go to the temple. And the Pharisee stood up. Not kneel. Not going down. Stood up like many of them. And some of them, they even used to raise their hand. Oh, Lord. Do we do that? No, we said that's sacred. I mean, it's not good for us to do that, right? But they used to do it. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. Thank you. You are so good. Thank you. That I'm not like that guy. 
Some versions, people, when they translate that, they said that really the meaning of that is not really, Lord, thank you. No, the meaning is really, you should be thankful that I'm not like him. That's even worse. Lucky you, God. You have such a good-looking pastor, and I'm not like them. Pharisee. Pharisee. He stood up, and I'm going to read it again. He stood up, and he probably raised his, uh, his arms, stood up, and prayed about himself. God I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, not or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Now that I was reading these two verses, what did I say the most? Five times. I... Isn't that, I mean, he thought he was the best of the best. Uh, he probably was a short guy. I don't know, but he just, he was a Pharisee. He probably was somebody who didn't even look good. Thank you, but I better than him. I don't know. Doesn't give any details of the Pharisee. But I am better than him. I am the one. Now, I'm going to be sincere with you. How many times you think you are the best out of all your church members and your friends? Isn't that what happens sometimes? Isn't that what happens sometimes when we think that nobody can do things better than you do? Isn't that what happens sometimes when I am the one who knows how to do things? Because I used to do it that way and I have the experience. It's not about I. It's about him. I am thankful. I thank you. That I am not like other men. Other men. Robbers. How many of you like to, I call it this, I like this, take money. Or just take whatever. Do you ever steal from somebody? Come on. I did it. It felt really good. I did it. When I was at least, I think it was 10 or 9 at school, it was a pencil. Nice pencil. And I felt bad. Because they realized it was me. Did you did something like that maybe? No, you're, no, you don't make those kind of things, right? No. Robbers. I am not like those other men. Evildoers. Are you an evildoer? Oh. Come on, you're not. I feel so shame. I'm the only one here. Oh, I'm going to hide. No way. Somebody else needs to preach. I can't do it. Oh, you're not an evildoer, no, right? What? Because an evildoer is only have the, the things right here and a tail here? That's why. Do I have a... Oh, no, I'm not going to say I have a tail. That sounds bad. But 
Are you an evildoer? Are we evildoers? Sometimes don't just want something for us, and sometimes don't we just get so angry sometimes, and we just said, you know, I wish that brother can lose all of his hair and have only one, and in that hair, he can have only dandruff. And you're like, wow, that's bad. Bold with one hair, lots of dandruff and that hair. Are we evildoers? Sometimes we do things not the godly way, but the evil way. But he's not talking only about that. He's also saying, I'm not like those men who are who? Adulterers. Oh, not me. I don't make those kind of mistakes. I'm a man. I'm a strong. Every time I see a woman, I do this. No. No, don't make me think like that. Funny, because for those people, even Jesus said, even in your mind happens. It's not like you just doing it. In your mind even happens. But I'm not like them, this Pharisee said. He was a perfect guy. He should be a pastor. He deserves to be a pastor. He deserves to be, oh, he deserves to be, what do you call that? When they put their hands on you? Ordained. And according to the Bible text, he was saying all of that, maybe out loud, and at the end he said, okay, I'm not any of those ugly things that you don't like, but thank God that I'm not at least like that guy. <laughs> I can't imagine what kind of, you know, and I cannot only imagine those two people in the temple and this Pharisee saying, I'm not like him. But I cannot even imagine Jesus saying the story and all the disciples who were there, oh, what, what, what? Is, is he talking about me? Is he saying something about me? Can you imagine those followers of Christ? Oh, Christ, I go with you. Wherever you go, don't touch me. You saw this casting leper. Come on. Followers of Christ. Perfect people. Can you imagine all those people hearing that, I mean, the story? And they were like, oh, man, I think he's talking about me. But you start thinking and thinking, is that me? Is that me? Is that me? The Bible also said that after he says, or even like this tax collector, verse number 12, also he said, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. So now he's not saying thank you because I'm not like him, but thank you because, you know what? You're such a good-looking, lucky God that have a person like me who, who fast and prays twice and probably more times a week. And give all my tithe back to the temple. You're such a lucky guy. Without me, you cannot do anything. What are you going to do without my tithe? What are you going to do without my prayers? Come on, mine are important, you know, because I'm faithful to you. It's sad to hear people who have the same ideas today. 
What are you going to do without my work? How this church is going to be run without me? You see the difference? It's not about you. It's about God giving you the strength, the opportunity to work for him. And the Pharisees, he said, I pray twice a day because they have this belief that Moses went to Mount Mount, uh, Sinai, Sinai? that mountain. Everybody, you know, you said it different over here, it's a little bit different, and you confuse me because I'm not from this country. (laughs) You're supposed to give me enough. Anyway, you know, so they thought the tradition was that Moses went up that mountain on Thursday, and he came back on Tuesday. A Tuesday. So they prayed twice a week to celebrate that. Because that's around the time that he went up, he received the Ten Commandments, and he came down. So that's the minimum. Because many of them used to pray more than that. During the day, three, four times, five times. And if they have the opportunity, and this is a moment, everybody's here, I'm raising my hand in the middle of the city. Hello, it's like going there to the middle of the, the orange here, the circle. That, that, that looks like a Hispanic circle. That's so, I like that section. In Mexico, Peru, they all, we all have like that. And you're like, I go in, I go, no, 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 let's go in. But it's like being in the middle of the circle, just, okay, everybody's watching now. Oh, Lord, thank you. They used to pray more than that. And they used to give tithe even from the minimal tiny things. If they have a little bit of, of, of herbs because they do some kind of tea or something, they take out of that 10% for you, Lord. I love you. And then I use the rest one. 10% for you, Lord, from this microns. We have eight. Let's give him one. Or from the 10 microns, let's give him one. of everything. So look, all the things that I'm doing for you, come on. You cannot discuss this and you cannot even tell me that I'm not doing enough for you. I am a good one. I am probably the best of the best that you have around. Are you the best of the best that we have around here? The Bible also mentions verse number 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He will not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Here we have this guy who's saying, look at me, I'm so good, look at me, I am good for you. And here we have another person not even trying to look up because he didn't deserve And he was kind of like far away from the other one. And look, that guy is pointing a finger at me because he's not like me. I do not even deserve that. I can't look at you, Lord. But you know what? Forgive me. Have mercy on me. Because I am a sinner. We all are equal in one thing. Be proud about that. We are all sinners. Isn't that nice? That guy who is looking at me with a you are a sinner. 
All right, who else? Let's see. We have sinners today. Oh, we have a couple of sinners today here, gender, ladies and gentlemen. And they're married. Sinners. Welcome, welcome. Let's see. We have more sinners. Brother, how are you? How are your sins? Good? Yes, look at you. Look, we have a sister. Sister, thank you for coming. You're a sinner, huh? All right. Uh, you're a, oh, we have another sinner here. Welcome, welcome. So many, we have, oh, welcome, another sinner. This is great. We are all equal. We are all sinners. Once you cross that door, we are still are sinners, but we all need one thing. We need the mercy of the only one, God, who can only forgive our sins. Nobody else can do it, only him. You can't go to some other human being and say, please, can you forgive my sins? No, only him. Because we are all sinners. And it's not about, look, Lord, can you imagine a sinner having the attitude of a Pharisee? Thank you, Lord, because I am a sinner. Thank you, Lord, because I'm planning to keep sinning so you can be proud of me. This sinner, he said and he admitted, I am a sinner. He couldn't even look up because he felt so ashamed. And the Bible said that he did this. Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Sinner, sinner, sinner. You know why? They have this idea that everything comes out of your heart and the pain is here and you have to do something to make you feel better, that pain. Do, do, do you know, let's put it this way, you know that when you scratch sometimes, you know, like, oh man, I want to scratch. Sometimes some people do this and it feels a little bit better. Some of them, they tell like, oh, the pain is so much. Ah. Everything starts here. It's my fault. Sinner, have mercy, mercy, mercy on me because it hurts so bad. Now, I don't want you to be doing all this here in the church. Pastor, 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 pastor. He did what he knew the best. He knew only one thing. God is the person who is going to forgive his sins. He knew that he didn't deserve to be in presence of God. But he was looking for God, even so. He thought that he was the least of the least because he was a sinner. But he was looking for God. And the Bible says that after he finished that part, verse number 14, Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, for everyone who assaults himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. How, how, how do you handle that kind of verse? As an Adventist, I've been growing in an Adventist half house, let's put it that way, half Adventist house. My dad never and still is not an Adventist. 87 years old and still don't believe in the Adventists. He's proud of them, but he's never going to be an Adventist. 
hey, maybe the Lord uses somebody else. But he's there still. And my mom, an Adventist, but she did really wasn't like a strong Adventist. She was one of those Adventists. Ah, maybe sometimes I go and I get wild and crazy here. Nah, nah, and then I go back to church. Nah, nah. And let's go back here. Nah, 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 nah. And let's go back here. Nah, nah. But she raised me half Adventist. Let's put it that way. And they sent me to Adventist school. I went to Adventist church and I grew up and I, and I got to know an Adventist girlfriend. Well, I'm going to mention only one. That's my wife. Don't ask any more questions. I met my Adventist girlfriend when I was singing in a group. Yes, I used to sing in a group. And she walked by and she saw me and she fell in love with me. And yes, we met and we ran together and we do things. Yes, we got married and we got an Adventist honeymoon. Is such a thing as an Adventist honeymoon? I don't know. But everything is Adventist. And then we got Adventist kids. It wasn't in an Adventist hospital that they were born, but Adventist kids. And they are raised like Adventists. And I moved to this country, and I did all, you know, Mexico, this country. And I was, you know, an Adventist everywhere I went. And until today, still I am an Adventist. But I see different people, different kind of Adventists everywhere. And I see Adventists that put everybody else down. I seen Adventists that they think they are extra, extra special and put everybody else down. I seen Adventists that they not only put them down, but they tell them what they need to do because they are special and they have the truth. And when I read this Bible text, for everyone who exalts himself will be humble. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. I think about me, about my family, and about my church. We have a special message, I believe. And we need to preach it. But don't ever think, brothers, that you are special than me and I am special than you. Don't ever think that you are special than anybody else out there and they are special than you. Because we are all sinners. The difference is that we know a message for these times. But we also need God. And if God is not here, none of your actions are going to be godly guide. I don't know exactly what you say it. If God is not here, none of your words are going to be godly said. If God is not here, none of the things you do for even this church are going to be guided, godly blessed. Because it's not about you or me. It's about God. 
And it's about this church, the Christian church that Jesus died for and is coming for. I don't want to be a Pharisee. And I don't want to be called a seven-day Adventist Pharisee. I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to be a faithful follower. And I know that among that walk, when I'm going to be walking, I'm going to fail many times. But not for you to judge me, but for God the Almighty to judge me and forgive me. And I want for you to just think that way. Come to this place of worship to praise his name, not your name. Come to this place of worship to raise your hand to him, not to somebody else. Come to this place of worship to give your soul to Christ, to God. Not give your soul and your peace of mind to somebody else. God is calling you. Even if you have this attitude of Pharisee. Because he wants to be part of your heart. He wants to be living there. Nobody else knows better about this. About this church. Nobody else knows better about the gospel. Nobody else knows better about the message. That God and Jesus Christ. Who is the one who is going to give it to you. To preach it. God is calling everybody. Everybody. So brothers. The next time we stand to sing. Or to pray. Don't look down. Maybe you're taller than me. Well, almost everybody, many people that I know are taller than me. And many Hispanics, we are short too, and they're taller, and we look up like that. But if you're going to look down, the only reason is because you're taller than me. But not because you're better than me. Not because you deserve more than I deserve. Jesus needs to live, not only in this church, but in your heart. So that way you will take anything. You will take anything that anybody else is going to say about you. You will take any Pharisee who is going to point a finger at you. You're going to take it. But you're going to take it on your knees. And you're going to take it in a humble way. And you're going to ask for God to guide you. To forgive you. And like the Bible verse says. At the end. You're not going to be the one put, be, be, being put down, but you're going to be the one being praised, not by anybody else, but by him himself, God. I think that's the kind of church we need to have here in Orange City, don't you think? Is that Orange City? No, the city of Orange. What's the difference? Orange City, city of Orange. That's the kind of people everybody needs to know that we are. And that's the kind of people that is going to be praising the Lord until the day he will come for the second time. That is soon, soon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father,
Thank you. I'm not going to say what the Pharisee says, the way he said thank you. But I want to tell you thank you because you forgive all of our sins, O Lord. Thank you because you are there for us. And sometimes, even that we feel lower than anybody else, sometimes even that we feel that everybody else is talking about us or they're putting us down, I want to thank you because we still have the chance and we still have the energy to raise our eyes and ask for your mercy. And we know that you're going to give us that mercy, Lord. At this moment as we leave this place, I want to ask, O oh Lord, for you, through your Holy Spirit, to keep calling my brothers and sisters, to keep knocking at that door so you may live in their hearts and my heart too. For you to keep sending the Holy Spirit everywhere we go to show others that Christian people, followers of yours, are people who are humble, not people who deserve glory, not people who want to put themselves first. Help us to understand what you want for our lives. Bless our families. Bless this church. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.